I'm Cassie Hilbron, and this is the Cook It Real Good podcast, bringing you shortcuts to success in the kitchen. episode is all about how to make healthy eating easier. I chat to Deborah Klein, a health coach, culinary instructor, and publisher of the food blog, DebraKlein.com. Deborah helps women find their own version of healthy that is sustainable within their busy lives. I know that as the new year approaches, many of us start to think more about healthy eating, especially after an overly indulgent season, am I right? And Deborah has some great simple ideas to help us all get back on track. This week's recipe of the week is my healthy chicken tacos. If you need a super quick dinner this week, give these tacos a go. The chicken is oven baked, so all you need to do is chop it, season it, and throw it in the oven. Then everyone can just assemble their own tacos as they wish. Grab the link as well as all the links that we discussed in today's episode at cookitrealgood.com slash 27. Now let's dive in. Hi, Deborah. Welcome to the Cook It Real Good podcast. Hi, Cassie. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to chat to you about our topic today, but before we get into it, would you mind sharing with us your last kitchen fail? Fail. Um, okay. I was trying to make a vegan and gluten-free chocolate pumpkin pie. And, um, I usually do pretty well with recipes and I made this and it came out of the oven and it looked awesome. And without tasting it, I, um, gave a piece to my husband because he was so excited. Pumpkin pie is one of his favorites and it was so horrible. It was really inedible. And because it was vegan, there was no reason like why you can't eat it. It's not like there were raw eggs in there or whatever, but he spat it out like all over the place. And very embarrassingly, even my dog didn't want to lick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. All right. That's not a good sign. (laughs) Uh, And it was a whole, whole nine by 12 tray of it. Oh no. I've never actually thrown something straight in the garbage except I did. Yeah, that had to go. Oh, that's horrible. When that happens, when you have to, uh, like, I'm so anti-food waste, but sometimes you just have these food that just can't be saved. You can't make it into anything else. It's just got to (laughs) go. And I just kind of took his word for it and I never even tasted it. He was kind of disappointed that I wouldn't even taste it, but I didn't. (laughs) You saved yourself from that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, today we're going to be talking about how to make healthy eating easier and you're a health coach, so I think you're the perfect person to ask. Um, so let's kick off with, you know, how how do we even start to try and eat healthier? I think that as the new year's breaking, 2020, I can't believe I'm saying that, um, you know, this is on a lot of people's minds, but sometimes it's just hard to even know where to start. Yeah. And, you know, I think the best place to start is to sort of dig deep inside and find your why, like 
why is it even important to you to eat well? You know, oftentimes this time of year, people find themselves doing resolutions, which I'm not really a big fan of, but it is a good time to take stock and sort of measure like where you are compared to last year at this time in different areas of your life. And I guess the predominant question I think is important to ask is what is it going to take for me to not be in this same position next time this year? What's going to be happening so that I don't say, oh my God, I'd like to lose X pounds or I'm still on this cholesterol medicine. I can't believe I haven't been able to get off of it. My cholesterol is still so high or why is the doctor telling me my blood pressure is too high or whatever it is, right? But why is it you haven't been able to make any progress and why do you even want to make progress? So getting to the bottom of the why and getting through all of the excuses down to something deeper and more meaningful is going to be the thing that helps the most when you're presented with different choices, right? People say to me when they come to visit for health coaching, like, oh, if you could just tell me what to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'd be all set. But the reality is, is that even if you ate perfectly, which um, I'm not really sure what that means, and it's different for everybody anyway, um, you may not be in a position to, to sit, claim vibrant good health because that's not really all there is to feeling well. Right. And so it's easy to be frustrated. It's easy to be overwhelmed and not know where to begin. Um, But I think the best place to start is to ask yourself, why is this even important to you? Why do you want to make changes? That's a very powerful question to ask yourself for sure. And it really, really helps you focus when the going gets hard because you can actually start to think about you know, why am I doing this? Exactly as you said. And then if it is important to you, I'm sure you'll keep it going. Right. Because, you know, motivation is kind of temporary and staying motivated often requires outside influences to, you know, reading motivational quotes or whatever it is, right? Motivation is kind of temporary. Purpose is more permanent, Right. So having a purpose, meaning having a why, what is the purpose of doing this in the first place? That's much more um, deep and something that you can get behind in a passionate sort of way. And whenever you're at a crossroads and you're not sure what to do, you can kind of assess and ask yourself, is this decision getting me closer or further towards my goals and my why? And that's an easy way to know which way to go. I love that. That was that was a really, really, really good point about the the difference between motivation and purpose. I really, really like that. And that I've never heard it that way, but yeah, Deborah, that's I can see it now. That's why it's more important because you're right. Some days you don't feel that motivated, but if you have a purpose behind what you're doing, it's probably going to get you by. Exactly. When we're talking about getting into the kitchen and helping out set ourselves up for success, what are some things that we can do there to make sure that we stay on track to our healthy eating purpose or goals? Well, I think that um, you need to set yourself up with a plan that takes into account your real life, right? I had somebody walk in the other day and say, well, you know, I work full time and I have three kids, so I can't really do this. 
So what I say to that is, okay, that's your reality. Your reality is, is that you work full time and you have three kids. It doesn't mean you can't do this, but we need to put in some parameters in place that allow for that reality, right? You're not a young single person who works part time and has you know, oodles and oodles of time to spend in the kitchen. Let's think through strategically breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and come up with things that are helpful and are doable. Like it's reasonable for you to expect to be able to do things like that. And let's have a few like things in our back pocket to do when inevitably something comes up, right? Because that. That's just reality. When you have kids, something's going to come up. Somebody gets sent home sick. Somebody has a late practice or a game, you know, whatever it might be. Your boss asks you to stay late at work to finish a report. Those things happen. Instead of blaming the fact that you now went through the drive through and got some unhealthy food on those circumstances, let's assume that sometimes those things are going to happen. And what will we do when that happens? And let's set ourselves up for success by having a plan. Planning for success is a really big one. And you're right. There are always curveballs in life. And there's all, I think they're kind of things that we use as excuses um, to just give up or um, get off track very easily because like, well, everything went to hell today. So I may as well just, yeah, go through the drive-through. So if you do have a plan in place, I guess it's just moving on to the next thing rather than having to make another decision. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up that word decision. I think that people are um, hard pressed at times to make decisions because they make too many decisions all the time and it's exhausting. So I like people to start, like I said, with breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. So come up in advance with two ideas for breakfast for either just you or you and your whole family that you know are easy. They're simple. You have the ingredients all the time. And those are your fallback plans, even if you have to be every other day with just those two things, right? Everyday life is not the time to start trying new things. It's the time to have something tried and true that you know what works well for you. It doesn't mean you're going to be eating what I eat. It means you're going to eat something that you know you like and works well and you can manage it. So I usually go through with people and ask them to pick their top couple of choices for each meal and for snacks and to make sure their fridge, their freezer, their pantry are stocked for those things at all times. Yeah, definitely. I, um, (laughs) I think the weekend's a good time to experiment with recipes and something different, but you're right. When you're just in regular work, sleep, family mode during the week, it's probably not the best time to pull out something that could for potentially not work out or could take up a lot of your time, things like that. So having those things on hand to quickly grab will definitely set you up for success. Right. And generally people know what their schedule is like. I encourage people to check in with either themselves or their spouse or the kids or whatever once a week, whether that's on Sunday night or a different day and sort of look at the week ahead and say, which nights are we home? At the same time, which nights are we going to go out? And if so, make that decision in advance and know what the healthy option is, as opposed to have it be a fallback plan in case things don't 
work out. It's a purposeful choice. On Wednesday, I know I work late and the kids play soccer late or whatever the case might be. And here's what we're going to do. Have a plan that includes I'm out for a business dinner that night or whatever it might be. There's no reason you can't plan for that as well. This is a day that I'm going to rely on my crock pot because I know I'm coming home in the afternoon. I can put that on so that as the kids come back at different times from their various sports, there will be a wholesome, hearty, hot meal available to whomever. So you can run through your week and fill in everything, including which day am I food shopping? And if I know I'm coming home late on Tuesday, but we want to eat at home all together at 7 p.m., what can I make on Sunday so that that's easier. I think that comes into meal prep as well. Like, um, I, I think it's intimidating when you see those people who make like every breakfast, lunch and dinner for the whole week and have them in containers in the fridge. That's a little bit unrealistic for most of us, but, um, doing those little things like setting the crock pot in the morning to have something at night, or you're right when you come home on Sunday, preparing a meal for the night that you're going to be out on Thursday, they'll, they will really get you a long way. Well, I also think what you just said about that that prepping for the whole week doesn't really work for a lot of people. I think this is part of assessing your reality. Are you a type A where making every single meal and putting it in the containers and everything else is going to work with your personality? Or is are you more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of person? And that's just not going to work for you. Or maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Most people are somewhere in the middle. And in that case, I give them templates that has some flexibility. So here's the example. You'll on Sunday prep salad ingredients in a large you know, glass bowl with a, a tight fitting lid. So you have the greens already washed and chopped and maybe a few raw veggies washed and chopped. And that's enough salad for a couple of dinners or a couple of lunches, just the base, right? So you have that as one thing that's ready. And then you're going to roast, let's say, three different trays of things. One might be a sweet potato or a hearty winter squash. One might be a tray of Brussels sprouts or broccoli. One might be a tray of beets or fennel or another type of veggie, right? So, And then you're going to prep two salad dressings and two sauces, let's say. So you could probably do all of that in a two hour period of time, right? And now what you have is ingredients that are partially made that will make you have the ability at the drop of a hat to come up with a meal, right? You can now pick and choose from the stuff that you have, a handful of the already chopped greens and raw veggies, a handful of the roasted veggies, uh, put a few canned, you know, from the can, you know, already made beans and maybe a few um, chopped nuts and take some dressing on the side. You have lunch for work, right? With some already made ingredients, but it wasn't exactly like type A personality where 100% of it was organized and every day is exactly the same, right? You're going to have more of a mix and match kind of thing depending upon the mood. Maybe you made one batch of grains also. And so tomorrow you're going to take some of that stuff and stir fry it. It's not even going to appear like the same food. Yes. I like, I like those where you can prepare something and have it in lots of different ways. And I know that lunch is something that lots of people struggle with, especially if they're taking it to work. 
because you do have to plan ahead. Like there's got to be some kind of planning because you can't just rock up to work and be like, oh no, I don't have anything. But sometimes that can be hard to envision every day, especially if you don't have leftovers at night. So I like that idea of, yeah, roasting up a lot of veggies, having some greens and being able to mix and match during the week. That, and I really encourage people not just to think about, well, I need to make a little bit extra tonight for dinner. So I'll have some lunch for tomorrow. But what are the things in my weekly repertoire that I often make that freeze well, for example, and then freeze them in individual serving sizes. That could be a soup or a stew, a chili. It could be, you know, rice and veggie stir fry. It could be all different kinds of things. Um, But then at the last minute, if you don't have enough left for dinner from dinner to pack for lunch the next day, you have a fallback plan in your freezer. That's a great idea. Also, like two weeks after you made that really yummy chili, for example, you're now ready for it again, right? I really encourage um, people to, if you've eaten it once and then had leftovers as either a second dinner or a lunch another day to absolutely take everything that's left in that pot and freeze it because this week you're not going to appreciate it anymore. But next week or two weeks from now, you're going to be so excited to see that. That's the part of the um, the meal prep, everything for the week that gets me is like, I just, I cannot eat the same thing every day. I can have it. You're right. Two days in a row, that's fine. But then after that, it's just too much. So I like that idea. Freeze it and then have it another time when you're not chillied out. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, um, I always set people up with, are you going to go to the grocery shop once a week or twice a week? which is realistic for you, right? So we set that up and then we never ever go to the grocery store without having cleaned out the fridge first. So sometimes it's the night before. What if, you know, Tuesday night after work is your grocery shop, right? Well, then Monday night means you're cleaning out the fridge and you're prepping Tuesday night's dinner. So somebody else maybe can just put it in the oven while you're at the grocery, right? But when you clean out your fridge, the thing, the the biggest reason to do it is A, less food waste. You see everything that's there, including the things that maybe you meal prepped in advance or maybe you bought with good intentions, but then you forgot to use it. Um, and you want to use all all of that stuff up. So you concoct a dinner based on what's available to you, right? But you also now see what you do and do not have before you go to the store, right? You don't keep buying kale every time when you have rotten kale in the fridge. You now can see and say, you know, I buy that kale every week, but we never really finish it. Maybe I need to change that up a little bit and buy something different this week. Definitely. Declaring out the fridge will get you a long way. And I think, I mean, for me anyway, it um, clears my head as well. You know, they always say if you have like a cluttered space, you probably have a cluttered mind. But I feel that way with regard to food, the pantry, the fridge, and the kitchen. It's very easy to be overwhelmed when you have too much food. And then you kind of use none of it. (laughs) 
So cleaning out the fridge, cleaning out the pantry, starting from what I call like ground zero and not buying too much is super helpful because you see what you have and that's what you use. We had uh, someone on here a while ago, um, Sarah from Yes and Yes, who did a no grocery challenge um, as her topic, but she runs no grocery challenges. And the whole idea is to use what you have and make the most of it. And it's coming from like a budget-friendly food waste point of view, but it also goes with healthy eating. If you're clearing out your space and eating down your reserves, it's going to be a lot easier to make those choices for dinner because you've only got so much. Exactly. Exactly. And I do encourage people when they get on their healthy journey to um, either by themselves or with the help of a friend or a health professional to clean out their fridge, freezer and pantry. When the less healthy options aren't there and all that's there is healthy food, that's what you're going to choose. Now, what is, sorry, Deb, this is so many awesome ideas here. Sorry, my head's spinning with <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm agreeing with you. Um, do you have any other tips for helping make healthy eating easier? Yeah, I think that I like to have um, people focus on what they are going to do rather than what they're not going to do. Because, you know, this saying like what you water grows, meaning even if you water the weeds, that's what's going to grow. So if you give a lot of attention to what you're not doing, like, for example, I'm not eating sugar. Well, then guess what? All you can think about is sugar and wanting the sugary foods. So I encourage people to think about what they are eating, all the good things that they are going to eat and have that be their focus. And it kind of crowds out the other stuff. So here's what I mean by that. Let's say you're in a state that you currently maybe get one serving of vegetables a day. So your goal would be to go from one to two, right? Because your goal is to increase the amount of healthy vegetables that you eat from wherever you are. If you're eating five servings a day, great, go to six. But a lot of people are currently at zero to one, let's say. And you want to encourage them to add to that. So if the focus is on upping your veggies and you don't start with meal planning that either to add some into your breakfast with, let's say, greens in your smoothie or add some into your lunch to have a stir fry or to have salad or to add more into your dinner, right? If that's your focus, then you build the meal around it. That, But that's your priority, so if, for example, you're on that health and wellness journey, but maybe your spouse or your kids are not, and you're so worried about um, them getting the kinds of foods that they want, if that's your priority, then the vegetables that are so important to you don't take star billing and they don't get your full attention. Start with what are the veggies going to be? Where can I add more of this goodness. And then you build around that. That's keeping it very simple too. Like I think sometimes we tend to overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to be like that. If your aim is to get five or seven serves of veggies a day, you're right. Let's think about where you can add them. So if you're having one, add one at breakfast, add a couple at dinner and you're probably going to get there. Whereas if you, if it's just a, um, 
pie in the sky type of thinking like, oh, I'd love to do this, but I have no idea how it's probably not going to get done. Well, also, if you wait until dinner time to realize that you haven't had any, there's no way to catch up and meet your goal because you can't eat that much food. So you want to make all of your food count and matter for something that is important to you. You know, I like to base my food choices, no matter if I'm at a friend's at a restaurant or in my own home cooking and planning the meals for myself, I base my choices on how I want to feel. So if I'm ever in doubt, should I eat this or that? I can say to myself, when I eat this, I feel a certain way, which is not the way I really want to feel. But when I eat that, I feel vibrant. I feel energetic. I feel really good. And though, and I can ask myself about each choice. Choice A, I'm going to feel this way. And choice B, I'm going to feel that way. It makes it much easier to decide. Absolutely. Oh, I think that you have got some excellent tips there to help us feel very focused and ready for 2020. I know that I'm one of those people who... <laughs> kind of gets to the end of every year and wonders how I haven't kept to what I originally thought I was going to start the year off. So I, I thought that was a very valid point you brought up at the start about saying to yourself, where do I want to be at the end of this year and stop myself from being in the exact same position as I am now? Um, you know, my goal is never a weight-based one. It's always to eat healthier, get more nutrients, get more vegetables, not um, fall into the same um, crap rotation that you can get into. Cause I think that once we start eating crap, it's easy to keep eating that and it just keeps going and going. So I really like that. The tips that you've given right. are very, um, they're very doable. I think sometimes again, you don't want it to be all too hard. Just start where you are, start doing something, start adding some vegetables, start planning your meals, start getting those couple of breakfast, lunch, and dinners that you like. I like that a lot. Right. So, you know, you just say to yourself, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for me to not be here in this same position next year at this time? What is it going to take? And generally, it's to get underneath the excuses and lose the excuses and come up with solutions instead. I love that. That's a great way for us to end today, Deborah. Before you go, would you mind let, um, letting my listeners know where they can find you? Absolutely. So my name is Deborah Klein, D-E-B-R-A-K-L-E-I-N. My website is DebraKlein.com. And on most social media, you can find me at DK Health Coach. Um, and that would be Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter. It's all DK Health Coach or Deborah Klein. Thank you so much, Deborah. That was awesome. It was so lovely to chat to you today. Oh, you're welcome, Cassie. Happy New Year. <laughs> I love what Deborah said about knowing our why and using that to drive us in our healthy eating. I also love how encouraging she was in our chat. I know that this is something I really need to tackle in the new year and I've got some great ideas to get me started now thanks to Deborah. For all the links we discussed today, simply head to cookitrealgood.com slash 27. That's it from me. Have a great week and don't just cook, cook it real good. Bye.